Welcome to Ship SaaS Faster with Vulcan and myself, Simon, where we talk shop about SaaS. It seems this week we both talked to our customers for once. Yep. Well, I actually hopped on a call with one of my customers, so Ooh. it went even further. <laughs> yeah. How'd it go? Uh, so it went all right. It's just, it's always tough watching people use your product. Because even now, years into it, but I'm always redoing the UX, so I, I kind of say it's all right. But yeah, it's just tough because there's always these little things that they find and just weird, like, just doesn't feel as polished as I want it to be. So then that distracts me. Then I go down a rabbit hole of improving all of that stuff. So that's basically, basically been my wake up. I think, like, I was just looking at, uh, like, so we have, like, a Google Docs for this uh, like podcast thing. So we go through and write some updates. And my updates every week of I've been wanted to do marketing. And then when it comes time to it, it's <laughs> I've ended up doing the same thing and just working on product and improving it and stuff. It's depressing on one end, but it's like, I, uh, yeah, it's just that. Uh, I'm not sure what to do with that learning, but it just seems uh, that, that's where I'm at. The <laughs> I think this is the, probably where a lot of people get stuck or whatever, actually. I've tried all the whole, all sorts of things like marketing weeks, marketing whatever, and um, anything that actually works with like marketing uh, authors. So <laughs> I've just spent the last however <laughs> long working on, predominantly working on marketing. So. Yeah, like I did, I did get around to building like a, I don't know, I think it was before the podcast, but I rebuilt the marketing site. So I did a, t- that took a, a bit of time, like writing all the copy and images and stuff. So I did, I have done some marketing in, in this year, but is it, is it as much as I wanted to do? Probably not. Yeah, it's just this way, it is. And I don't think I'd want to do it full time either. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I've got no plans on doing it full time. And I'm looking for people to hire to like write content and stuff, but the content I'm doing is like, they've got to like rip it out of my head and I, I just don't feel I've got the budget to hire the people who can write it to the standard I want. So it's really tough having the high standards and then not being able to push out what I want to push out. So I found an editor and she's good. And um, yeah, she started off with like a huge back catalogue of articles, which could probably keep someone occupied for months. But she started there doing improvements. Is this improvements like SEO or what sort of improvement? Or like writing them or like changing the wording? Or- oh, a, bit of, a bit of everything, really. So... Quite a lot of our old articles were kind of not auto-generated, but they had the vibe of like being very duplicate between articles. Like, or how to back up my SQL to Google Drive, how to back it up to Dropbox, whatever. You can see how there isn't that much variation in them. So she's been going through and sort of like fixing them and rewriting some of them, which is, I guess, very time-consuming. But we've also started looking at landing pages and been helping me point with the way we rebuilt some of the landing pages. So um, you know, restructured, I guess, like URL structures and content and the way things flow. It seems to be working. Like what sort of experience does she have? It sounds like she's got multiple skill sets. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I'd love to hear. Where did you find her? I found her on Fiverr and she'd done some work previously. And I just said to her that I was looking for someone to do more. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, she was basically like, well, I'd love to go full time. Mm-hmm. And then she told me what she wants full time. It seemed pretty reasonable. So she's now full time. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Extremely logical. <laughs> straight, straight in, yeah. Yeah, don't tell any of the Fiverr gods that she no longer <laughs> works for Fiverr. But um, yeah, she now works. If anything, that's a promotion for Fiverr. It's like you've actually had success and uh, there's actually people on there who... Uh, like providing high quality service enough that you're willing to hire him full time. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. She might still work there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, if she's producing the results you like at, a, at the price you like, then it that's a, it's, doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. So, um, 
I kind of off topic, but I was reading some guy on Twitter, but I don't know. Yeah. Some guy on Twitter said there was um, a person earning 500 grand, 500,000 in the U S for a developer job. He outsourced it for $220,000. So he was just pocketing the difference. And I think he would just turn up to calls. So <laughs> he was just like, yeah, just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, but if a company's getting value, like uh, uh, my tweet, my reply was basically, he might be the most productive developer in the whole company because he doesn't have to go to meetings, he doesn't have to do anything. All he has to do is wake <laughs> up and code and just gets like yeah. a daily a daily update. Like, hey, yeah, loved your code yesterday. Keep up. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you see those on Reddit, like as in um, tales from tech support or whatever, where they like really mean to one guy and he leaves, but um, they didn't realize that he basically automated everything with like ten scripts. <laughs> <laughs> when he leaves, it's like hours and hours of work for people. <laughs> yeah, you can do so much with a few scripts, especially certain jobs where it's just, yeah, you can literally automate all of it. And then one person's doing a job with 10, 10 people in certain yeah, certain situations. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, she's great. Um, she's rewriting. I paid for a HRF's daily tracking, which I don't wish to pay for for a long time because it's more expensive i think i'm spending like 300 400 a month on i really need to set up a like a we need to yeah after the podcast or something cop on and make full use of it because yeah, i'd love to see the power yeah see see what's going on with mine especially as you got a higher account now and we've got daily rank tracking which is great so i can actually see that we're making progress it's interesting to see how um especially if you have a wide selection of articles how stuff moves daily so it's good. So, is everything heading in the right direction? There are, yeah. Some of the low volume stuff, which has really high intent, is starting to move up again, which is great. And um, just today, one of the ones went to number one. So, and that was last week, that was like number eight. So, <laughs> I'm glad it's back where it was. It was number one previously. So, I don't know if that's. Is there any takeaways from it? Is it like you, you change stuff in there or it's just Google finally got around to re- reading it again? Because I think you had backlink. You were talking about backlinks and stuff. Yeah, so this page already had backlinks and I kind of moved it to a different place on the site. But I just sort of moved it back and rewrote the content and removed some of the, like the duplicate stuff. I think I said last week, so we got like MySQL backup solutions for all databases and then like just backing up a single database. And they were two landing pages. Mm-hmm. So we still got those two landing pages, but we've added back like a parent landing page for all the six different types of MySQL backups we do. Because like ideally, if you want one to rank, it'd just be that. Yep. So we're just now doing that across the board. Then the next thing is we've got a couple of like key guides um, around open source tools that used to do really well. And previous to redoing the website, they'd fallen down the rank. So. I'd like to get them back because they're like huge volume of traffic. I'm going to be happy again. And I'll probably stop spending daily tracking. Yeah. So it's been a ton of stuff. It's like, um, I mentioned, I had a really a tw- a tweet go kind of vi- not viral, viral for me, but compared to anyone else, not that much. Um, but yeah, just basically estimating how long stuff takes. So I was guessing a, a feature was going to take two days to build and it took me like nine days. So probably like last podcast, I was saying, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then I was still doing it uh, <laughs> yesterday kind of thing. How many times have you had the opposite happen? Ah, uh, hey, you've estimated something it's going to take like at the start of the uh, the project. I had a bunch of um, stuff like I'd be like, oh, it's going to take me two weeks to do and I'd finish it in two days. But all of the quick, those quick wins, and now now I understand the code base more. I feel like 
I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this really fast now. But early on, it was like, yeah, this is going to take me a while because I'm still getting used to the code base. So yeah, early on, lots of quick wins. Now, <laughs> uh, yeah, now it's everything takes forever and there's all this. Te- uh, and because there's so much uh, like baggage kind of thing. So I support Bootstrap and Tailwind inside the editor. So if I make a change now, I have to go back and check both of them. And then I have um, like a page editor and a CMS editor, which run on the same code. So now I've got, so now I've went from, instead of just testing on one code base, now I'm testing on four, well, four use cases. <laughs> so just everything's like crazy like that. And I'm looking forward to getting rid of the bootstrap stuff, but I still have customers who are paying and happily paying. So I can't really remove that just yet, but that would take so much code out of, <laughs> of my code base, which would be lovely. So what about you? What's this server optimization thing? So I think I talked about it last week. I did about some rate limiting on the amount of data people can send to backups. That's something I thought would be really complicated. When I actually started it, I got it done in like a day. So it wasn't too bad. I think maybe I've cut off like the top 90th percentile of requests per minute mm-hmm. by adding it. So it's going to help with, well, one, it's less requests to start with because it's less log. So less requests back to us, less stuff to store. But also, like, the peaks have softened, which is great. So it didn't have as much of an impact as I thought it would, so I don't think I'll be shrinking any databases soon, but I've probably bought some time and just made things a little more level without spending, like, three weeks working on it. So Because <laughs> I talked about it on Twitter, and people were like, oh, you could re-architect the database system and all this stuff. And I said, like, I don't want to be doing that. That's... I think there's one guy, one guy that recommends this. Uh, I think it's the Fathom guy. He's always recommended. Oh, Jack is always telling me to get single store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I see. I saw, I saw it all the time a few months ago. But yeah, he, he's promoting it. Really. He, I think he just loves the product. Like, yeah, I, I have products I love as well. That I, yeah, but it's just funny to see it all the time. It's just like, yeah, use this one. This is this is the solution for everything. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know, I just keep them in the like the one day things. Like, it's not going to move the revenue chart anywhere. So. <laughs> I mean, maybe it might cut a little bit of expense, but um, not too focused on the expenses, if that makes sense. So why do you think it wasn't such a big like a money saver? Was it just you thought it'd take off more like average load and it just, just moved the peaks instead? Yeah, it just took off the peak, which um, helps with like having to scale servers up and down. But um, we're still storing quite a lot of log messages a day, so... It's only been five days since it was implemented to actually see what it would look like over the course of a month. But um, I think it might come out at like 20% cut, which is still significant. And based on how it was growing before, that buys like six months back to where we were. So and it was an easy win as well. I don't know if you like start with the rest of us when they were working on Drip and uh, like uh, Rob and Derek were talking about how every few months they just had to go in and like either like pay a ton more money to the their thing or just have to like re-architect it every three months, which is yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> but yeah, see, I'm not at that stage, so um, I'm not too worried about it. So <laughs> I don't know if you're sharing about your new product, new product, but it sounds like uh, if you get these like big clients who uh, you can yeah, I don't know how to. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> to roll back. <laughs> Um, so this week you talked to, you booked some phone calls with people. I did a uh, roadmap survey with people. So I had a list of things people have asked for over the last seven months. Huge list from support. I cut out the ones that I obviously never want to do. <laughs> and then I asked some people in our Discord to add some few things. So we ended up with about 10 different feature ideas. And I sent that out to all the customers to just do as part of like a, a reform form and got I guess 2% reply rate, which I think is pretty good for something like that. And um, 
interesting. So I don't really want to reveal what people asked for, but <laughs> one of them was an improvement on the backup system that we already have, which makes sense. And then quite a lot of them were thinking about like, I guess, sister products, or they're like features that would be complementary, but not directly backup related. Or one of them was a backup of a completely different type of like asset. And that just got me worried about billing, <laughs> to be honest, because I really love to do these things, but um, just worried about how to price these things, because it no longer would make sense to do the like to bundle it in with the pricing I have. Yeah, I think your pricing at the moment is based on um, like from what I saw, it's like if you if you the, the cheaper the backup, the like like what it's what one day is the cheapest, and then as you go up, it's like like five minutes, one minute kind of thing, right? Oh yeah, how frequently you do the backup? Exactly. Yeah. For some of these things, that doesn't actually make sense anymore. One of them isn't even backup related, <laughs> so how to build that? It's like yeah. a well, I, I guess I'll just one of them is server monitoring. Mm-hmm. So like uptime and performance and stuff, which is interesting. Not entirely sure I can get into, but how would you price that into a product that's like a backup thing? Like you can't throw that in for free. What doesn't make sense? I think Fathom threw in a like uptime kind of uptime monitoring, but that was like basic uptime monitoring of domains, not really like server usage kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's um, it does make sense for them to throw that in, if that makes sense. Where for for us. If like server monitoring, they can get expensive and com- complicated, and I think that's just a whole different rabbit hole, like a whole different product. So it's probably good for them to have it on like one service, but then it's like, yeah, are you are you going to be able to be the best server monitoring kind of thing, or is it, it it's going to take away time from what you're currently doing? And like, yeah, that's just one example of something that I was willing to reveal. <laughs> one of the other backup types, which is probably really really promising, and there's a huge market behind it, is build per. It's like meter billing per user. And I'm not sure just how that would work with the pricing we've got, which is based on like assets. So backing up, you get to back up 50 resources. Is DigitalOcean all per hour, like per minute thing, or is like do they have like, um, like per month kind of things? How do how how do they do billing? Because I know they have a ton of products, right? And and it's stuff like um, Amazon have fixed costs. So if you, there's a products that like there's a fixed cost of like 20 bucks a month kind of thing. If you want like an IP or something like that, from my understanding. Yeah, but they're all all the AWS resources predominantly are built down to the second. So if you get an IP resource for only one day, that's one thirtieth of the monthly cost, or whatever, and they bill everything down to that. They all their billing is priced at per hour. Mm-hmm. Digitalization is priced per hour, but then they do like a monthly fixed rate. They remove the flexibility between months. So basically, when you get to day twenty-eight of any digitalization resource, you don't get billed for it anymore at the hourly rate until the next month. I'm just trying to think about products with uh, multiple, <laughs> multiple yeah, businesses with multiple products. But they're still like essentially both those products are metered billing. Where for us, we've said, oh, you know, if you back up thirty resources, you could get onto the startup plan, which is thirty nine dollars a month, and you can back up like X number of resources, and you can back up twice a day. I think it is. If you want to back up more frequently, you would need to upgrade to the next plan, or if you needed more resources, you need to upgrade to the next plan. So um, I've just been debating, like, is that good? Should I change that? Should I build? Like, I feel like everything should be metered or nothing should be metered. I don't know. This makes things complicated. Or do I launch as a completely separate product that's under the name brand of Snapsheeter, but it's not the two are separate? 
I don't know. Like the classic advice is, uh, it depends and uh, talk to your customers. So, <laughs> uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, I emailed a few customers and it's like, you know, I'm never sure whether emailing customers, I don't know, sometimes it makes sense, but other times it doesn't make sense. So my problem is if I swap to metered billing, like I feel like some people are going to be getting like absolutely gigantic discounts. They'll yeah. be going from $79 a month down to $5 or something. <laughs> and then there'll be other people going like completely the other way. So yeah, you've got a pricing system that works at the moment. You don't really want to break it. So no, no. And I don't have the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It took, it's taken like five years to get to the stage where I got all these customers on these subscriptions. They don't want to be like screwing around. So that's what I've been debating. So this new thing will probably be metered, but I'm not sure how that affects everything else and whether someone could come in and use that without paying for the other stuff. You, you, you're not on the Stripe customer portal stuff yet, so... or No, I can do what I want. It's just a case of... Yeah, how are you going to manage it kind of thing? And like, Yeah, what makes sense? I had trouble just thinking of how to do the pricing recently as well for like account plans and site plans, let alone metered billing and stuff. Yeah. How's that working? It's, it's it's like I don't know. I don't I just don't have the numbers to say anything concrete yet, and I just haven't pushed a product out enough. <laughs> so just heads down product and not pushing it out. But I get I get numbers in, so I can see I can see certain trends. Like I can see like how many people are visiting the site, how many people are signing up, and the conversion rates all through that. So yeah, I'm seeing some good signs, but then there's also like the summer slowdown, and um, apparently some people on Twitter are having a slow September as well. So it's like just slowness everywhere. Oh no, <laughs> you can't say every month is slow. That's what I mean. Maybe it's like a, a like a slow year now. Maybe twenty twenty two is the slow year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just yeah. That's just. But it is it is interesting. I, I, yeah. I just it's really difficult to know what's going on. Um, maybe a feature request for Chart Mogul is like uh, <laughs> how how are people doing? Like, is there a way to compare like the cohorts for this week? Like, I'd love to see that. There are. Uh, so Profit World does um, benchmarks on companies and similar. So does it do weekly? Because if it does, I'd, I, yeah. Oh, I don't know sure about weekly. That might just be like... I'd feel a lot better if it's like, <laughs> oh, this is a super slow week. Yeah, yeah. I'd feel better if I knew everyone else was having a shit time too. <laughs> it's just, it just, it, it takes the load off you then. It's like, yeah. Nah, you can, nah. You don't want to be doing that. You'll be, uh, <laughs> start blaming just that, you know. No, but but you'll be able to see that everyone's having a good week and then you can't blame the, then you can't blame the summer slowdown. It's like, well, everyone's doing really well and you're like an outlier then. And then, okay, well, now uh, there's something fundamentally wrong with the, something fundamentally wrong with what, what I've re- the change I've recently made kind of thing. But at the moment, it's like, I just don't know what's going on. Okay, to be fair, I just had a quick look at the growth metrics for businesses in a similar monthly recurring revenue band to us. Yeah. And, um, the monthly growth, which you can see as a trend line from all the way back in 2019 to now has gone negative for the cohort. So, so the companies are now <laughs> companies in my cohort from March this year have had negative growth. Okay. So you're doing well then. So you, that's good. For, uh... I didn't say what I'm doing, but yeah, I, no, no, I don't have negative growth. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll have to look at profit. Well, but yeah, that's, that, that's good. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, some it does seem like that, yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm just speculating, but it does seem like there's some sort of slowdown. Yeah, I have to compare the other one, like companies with the same ARPU and stuff. But interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to be able to blame other things. So, so what about this ads off? What, uh, was this the Twitter ads? 
Oh, I tell you, I turned the Twitter rants off. I did some more campaigns and I got an absolute ludicrous amount of clicks. Like, absolutely horrendous. Like, something like 70% click rates. And I was just like, oh man, on the money. And then not a single, like, conversion. You changed your optimization, right? From impressions to clicks, right? And then, <laughs> and then, yeah, your, your click through rate goes up. But now, yeah, you, the clicks get even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it didn't cost much. Those clicks were really cheap as well, but it just, it just didn't seem to make sense. Uh, so I've heard something about increasing, like, the, I don't know how Twitter works exactly, but there's like, if you bid on like Google ads or something and you put your bid too low, you end up just getting like really bad uh, traffic. So you have to increase the amount you're willing to spend because then otherwise, yeah, the, the traffic you get is bad. I hate how like closed source the algorithm is for deciding all of this stuff. It's like very, very in advantage of the ad network. <laughs> yeah. And it's in advantage of the freelancers. It's like you have to hire people because it's just, there's so many like nuances in, in, in how it all works and stuff. Yeah, I was talking to someone this week and they were like, oh yeah, the Google auto-optimizing optimizing stuff is really easy to use, but it's really expensive. And if you want to do it properly, you've got to do it like the old way, which is really time-consuming and complicated and you've got to know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's, that's good, good to know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I turned off the ad, so I couldn't be bothered to deal with it anymore. But yeah, after saying I'd leave it on for a while... <laughs> <laughs> got I, I see whether I got anything from that first cohort of people that came through. See how that sits after a, a couple of months, and then uh, maybe I'll come back to it. Yeah, I think you you have to be fully committed to this, these sort of things because it, it's literally every day you're seeing money getting taken out of your bank. So it's it's tough just to keep it on. Yeah, every evening I get like a, a message from Twitter ads, like, "Oh, we've uh, we've drawn this one." <laughs> I ran Reddit ads very early on because I was like, I don't know, like. I was <laughs> thought this is going to be free money. I just slap it on Reddit and money, and I would get MMR, but it just didn't work out, and I d- wasn't committed enough. And yeah, and every day I was just getting it was like twenty pound taken out of your account. It's twenty twenty pound, and I'm like, I'm not getting anything out of this. Like, and at one point, like the, the way they were sending traffic wasn't working. Like they were sending traffic, but I couldn't tell where it was coming from and stuff. So I was like, oh, this is this is yeah, turn this off. And it's funny how Twitter and Reddit both don't have their ad platform sorted out. So no. <laughs> so yeah anyway we'll um i'll see if there's any other ad networks i can get but yeah and that's pretty much me done for updates and what i'll be working on next week yeah for me it's just these user interviews i'll do and see what they're saying and it's more and it's not just user it's more yeah it's more like market research as well because a lot of these are power users of other tools and like They've used multiple tools, so they use like Figma, Webflow, and some of it, and one of them even codes. So it's just like figuring out the landscape and where I can position myself. So yeah, marketing is yes, yeah, market research, user research is a whole bunch of things. So it'd be interesting to see what they say. And like, what I really want to find out is like, what what's the 10x feature that I get? Like, I can build or I can talk about because I might already have it. I have tons of features that I don't even talk about. So is there, is there something that you wish you had that, that would just yeah? make it so you're willing to share it or willing to use the product. So hopefully I have some learners ne- next week that I can share and see how that's going. Yeah. I'm hoping my 10X feature is something I haven't actually built yet. And <laughs> I'm going to be building. So I built a prototype of it this morning and it was, uh, the proof of concept was actually quite easy. <laughs> I thought it was going to be really complicated, but it's not. Um, the proof of concept works. So I can get the, the data we need. It's just uh, trying to build a storage engine and all this stuff around it. And then, bill for it which i think no way this is such a like a mental roadblock for me but you've got your like yeah your business business on the on the 
dependent on it. So it's kind of a big thing. I don't want to launch a separate product. That's it. That's why. I don't know if I want. And when you say launch a separate product, are you talking about a new marketing, a, a new, like a whole domain or? Like new domain, new kind of sub name, new. I'll just look into like Twilio and stuff because they all have multiple products. So they're doing the billing somehow. Like they have like, it must be a product where they, they have two different like products kind of thing. Like someone's doing it somewhere. Twilio. Ah, yes. Yeah, they're metered billing, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> but they must have like a, a monthly one like SendGrid, SendGrid as well so SendGrid have like tiers kind of thing and they have multiple products so they have yeah SendGrid's a perfect one so they have marketing and they have transactional emails and they both like charge different amounts so you get like you have to sub to each one but SendGrid is kind of like is a separate product like it, SendGrid is still like SendGrid.com it's not it's just like owned by Twilio but inside of SendGrid you have transactional emails and you have um, uh, marketing emails so you have two different platforms in there, and they're they're, they're quite disconnected in there. <laughs> it's quite a, oh okay, yeah. but they're priced completely different, eh? Yeah. So th- there's a bunch of features that you unlock in the marketing one that which are just not available in the transactional emails one. I see. So they've got metered and features. Oh yeah. god. Maybe I just say it's like it's a business only feature. So you pay the seventy nine dollars a month, and then it's metered on top of that. So <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, like a discounted rate compared to competitors. So like you start cheaper because you already paid the base price of X amount a month. Uh, I don't know. Don't bloody know. It's just, yeah, <laughs> just keep thinking about it. I'm sure, I'm sure a, solution, a good solution will pop in your head. Just don't rush it. Cause yeah, <laughs> it's not something that can be easily reversed uh, with the pricing. No. Well, no, no, not by the time everyone's downgraded to the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I made a mistake on pricing. Uh, I'm gonna after decreasing your uh, by eighty percent. Now I've got to increase it again. Yeah, I've decided. Yeah, put you back. <laughs> well, that's it as well, isn't it? If like, also feel a bit immoral if the customer has it would have the opportunity to downgrade without changing anything. But if you sit stuck on the old pricing and for only for them to come in and be able to downgrade themselves, that doesn't seem great either. <laughs> so. Well, I think during the testing phase, it's fine, but it's like, yeah, it, like if you're just going to test it out and then you don't have to tell them, because I've seen some companies do that and that seems all right, but if you implement it and then you don't tell them, then that seems a bit iffy because they're like, why is it so much cheaper and why didn't you tell me kind of thing? And yeah. 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 Can I have the last six months back, please? Because you've essentially been overbilling me. Yeah. Maybe this is why you have, uh, this is how the enterprise get away with it with like contact us for pricing. <laughs> Some crazy stories I heard about this uh, enterprise pricing. Like they quoted forty five k, and they fought back a little and got it down to like twenty five k for this product. So it's like, how can you reduce your your original quote by fifty percent just because I I fought back a little? Like that's just nuts. So I guess I don't know if I said on this on the last week. The UK government awarded me the contract to be listed on the government cloud platform, so we can be a supplier of to UK government agencies of backups. And part of that is you have to list your pricing and you can't charge more than the pricing you list, but you can discount. So it seems everyone just puts like really high prices so you can then come in at like what it should be on a discount. But yeah, it just seems silly that you can't price more than the platform, which is kind of part of like the UK government's price protection or whatever. But um. Yeah, but you can offer a discount, so <laughs> nothing stops you from... Just creating fit, numbers up in the thin air and just cutting back based on yeah, how you see fit. So I think come November, I can put a link on Snapchat at home saying that we're a UK government supplier. 
But irritatingly, I can't supply anything I build new. It has to just be something that's pre-existing and in the contract. If I have a new feature, I can't offer that to, supposedly. <laughs> I don't know. So, but let's say you're doing Assassin, you, build a, you add a new feature. They, they get the new feature, but... yeah, I'm not entirely sure how that would work. <laughs> I can't change the terms and conditions for them mm-hmm. throughout the course of the contract period. Yeah. So, but you might launch like an API, like uh, yeah, you might like launch a big feature, and then you're not charging them anymore. And now, now they've got a new feature, and then, but then to new customers coming in, it seems like an, you're offering more features or something. Yeah, I, I wonder how that works. Yeah. Oh well, maybe I won't get any bids anyway. So who knows? <laughs> well, hopefully you will. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right. I think it's probably a good place to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Show notes can be found at shipshousefaster.com. See you next week. See you next week.